Speaking of Thanksgiving, we're thankful that mom is back and feeling better, and uh, we missed her last week, and uh, give her a warm welcome. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. I am so very thankful to be here today rather than where I was last week, so I appreciate your prayers. I want to talk just a minute before I get into the message. Um, I have a Thanksgiving message of sorts for us today, but next Sunday, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, I'm going to designate as our Thanksgiving Sunday. And what this means is that <clears throat> I'm inviting every one of you to be here and to be prepared to share your own message of thanksgiving. I'm serious. I will not prepare a message for next week. You'll be the message. Don't, don't panic. <laughs> you can present a testimony, a prophecy, a scripture, a song, even a joke, if it uplifts the church and gives praise and glory to God. I think God has a tremendous sense of humor. You can look at some of these animals and things running around and think, oh my goodness, he's got to have had a sense of humor. Anything that you contribute that will edify the church will follow scripture, and we're going to read about that this morning. So this is your time to show thanksgiving and edify the church. <clears throat> so please ask the Lord, pray and ask him what he would have you to share. Again, it can be 30 seconds, it can be 30 minutes, that's up to you. I'm, I trust the Lord to lead you and guide you. And if you don't want to be on camera, that's fine. We'll just record your voice on a, on a microphone. But everyone, please come prepared to share why you're thankful to the Lord. Is that okay? You still love me? I don't know. That sounds a little iffy to me. <laughs> There's nobody too old, too young, too shy, or too anything else to participate. So I can, I can just anticipate that you will be prepared for that next week. Thank you. I also heard that you enjoyed the ministry of uh, evangelist Tiff Shuttlesworth last Sunday in my absence when I wasn't able to be here. I enjoy his ministry tremendously. With all of his education and his wisdom, and he is a very wise man, he has a heart for lost. And his evangelistic approach always bears that out, that he always gives time and place for those who may not know the Lord to come to the Lord. So this morning, if you would turn to the book of Acts, we're going to look at chapter 13, and then we're going to flip over to chapter 28 in a few minutes. I don't plan to keep you long, but I want to talk about something very specific. As you know, we've been talking a lot about Israel, not at my doing. The Lord has directed these messages, as I always tell you, because I seek his face, and he leads me to where he wants me to speak from, and this is no different than that. But today we're going to talk about the thankful Gentiles. Did you know 
that the Gentiles were thankful for the message they were. To recap, from the beginning of chapter 13, the Holy Spirit had directed the attendees of a prayer meeting in, uh, in the synagogue that they lay hands on Paul and Barnabas and dedicate them for a special task that the Lord had prepared for them to do. So this scripture that we're going to read says that after much fasting and prayer, the men bound together in love and they laid their hands on Paul and Barnabas and prayed for them and dedicated them to do this work. Then Paul and Barnabas traveled to Antioch and they attended the church services there in the city of Antioch in the synagogue where the Jewish fathers were located and gathered and someone sent a message to Paul during the service <clears throat> and he said, brothers, if you have any word of the Lord to encourage this people, remember I said we're going to be following scripture next Sunday, here it is, then please bring this forth now. So we're going to pick up, pick up reading verse 16, and I do apologize, I know my voice is a little um, squeaky and squirrely, but I hope you can understand me. We're going to read verses 16 through um, 24-ish. <clears throat> so Paul stood, and he lifted his hand to quiet the people, and he started speaking, and he said, Men of Israel, and you God-fearing Gentiles, listen to me. The God of this nation of Israel chose our ancestors and made them multiply and grow strong during their stay in Egypt. Then with a powerful arm, he led them out of their slavery. He put up with them through 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Then he destroyed seven nations, all the Ites nations, in Canaan, and gave their land to Israel as an inheritance. Did you hear it? Gave their land to Israel as an inheritance. And all of this took about 450 years. And after that, God gave them judges to rule until the time of Samuel, the prophet, but then the people begged for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for 40 years. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, and he will do everything that I want him to do. Now look at verse 23. <clears throat> and it is one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who is promised savior to Israel. He is God's promised savior of Israel. 
And before he came, John the Baptist preached that all the people of Israel needed to repent of their sins and turn to God and be baptized. So this was the message that Paul preached to the Jewish leadership. He knew that it would be hard for them to accept this message. So he didn't start at the point with Jesus. He started at the point that they already knew and were familiar with because these scriptures had been handed down generation to generation. And he gave them scripture and verse for the history that their ancient fathers had known so intimately. And then he introduced Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior to Israel. As King David's descendant, they all knew King David in a way that they could make the connection. They could make the connection. And he told them, this is the good news. Look at at verse 13. Whoops. Look at verse 13. And now we are here to bring you this good news, excuse me, 32, verse 32, I'm sorry. And now we are here to bring you this good news. The promise was made to our ancestors, and God now has fulfilled it for us, their descendants, by raising Jesus And this is what the second psalm says about Jesus. You are my son, and today I have become your father. Again, the connection. It was critical that Paul make that connecting step for them. I have told you before that I don't have the directional connection in my brain The other day, I'd been in the house for days on end. I think, I don't know, eight or nine days because I was just too sick to go anywhere and didn't feel like getting out at all. But on this particular day, I decided I'm going to head to Joanne Fabric. I hadn't been there in many, many, many months. And it's on Albaden Expressway. And I thought, well, I know how to get there because I know how to go to Costco and you just go the opposite direction. But I missed the entrance to 85. Don't laugh at me, Janet. (laughs) I missed the entrance because I was in the wrong lane. So I just kept driving. I was on Camden and I thought, Surely there is another way to get there. Now, you know I was born right here. I've lived here all my life except for about 10 years that we lived elsewhere. And I thought, surely this is not the only entrance to 85. I know there's one close to Don and Audrey's, but every time I get off of it, I get lost. I try to get back to their house, and I can't do it. I get, <laughs> I, I'm going the wrong way every time. But I kept driving on Camden. Believe me, I have a point here. And I kept driving, and I came to a sign that said, Alma Den Expressway South. Well, I knew Joanne Fabric was on Almaden Expressway. That was the road I was trying to get to. But from where I was, did I need to turn north 
or south. I honestly did not know. I just said, Lord, I've got gas in the car. If I get lost, I'll turn around and go back home and forget it. Well, guess what? It was the right exit. And I, as soon as I got onto Almaden Expressway, I told you I know where Joanne sits. I know where it is on that road. I just don't have that connection to get from where I am to where it is. But I found it. It was just about two blocks down the road once I got there on the road. And my point is this. Paul gave them the good news in a way that they could make the connection from Judaism that was inbred in them for so many years. The old connected to the promise of the new. And under the influence of the Holy Spirit leading his words, Paul quoted scripture that they knew about the promise of the coming of the Lord to them. And then in verse 38, he says, Brothers, listen. We're here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God, something the law of Moses could not do. And he challenged them, don't be deaf to the message. Don't reject this message because it will have dire consequences for your life if you do. And the people begged them to come back again the following week. But this time, Paul turned his message to the Gentiles. Because the next week, the Bible says that almost the entire city came out to hear them preach the word of the Lord and seeing the huge crowds that gathered infuriated the Jews and they turned on everything that Paul and Barnabas said. In verse 46, then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and declared, it was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews. But since you have rejected it, listen to these words. When somebody asks you the age-old question, how could a loving God send someone to hell? Here's the answer that Paul gave. But since you have rejected this message and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, in other words, you rejected it and you did it yourself, we will offer it to the Gentiles. Verse 47, for the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and thanked the Lord for his message. And all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. Then the Lord's message spread throughout all the region. You know that the Jews were congregated generally in the same 
area, but the Gentiles were spread abroad. And that's why the Bible says to the farthest corners of the earth. And this scenario played out over and over and over again in Paul's uh, ministry and all of his missionary journeys, first to the Jew, but met with rejection for the most part, and then to the Gentile, who was so grateful for the message of salvation coming to them. And now if you would turn over to Acts 28, I'm just going to read a few verses there. For at this time now, in Acts 28, Paul had been taken to Rome to meet with Caesar. And he's been under house arrest for two years. But the Bible says he ministered the whole time and nobody tried to stop him. So he had called together the Jewish leadership to assemble before him so that he could present the gospel to them. And we're going to look at verse 18. Paul says, the Romans tried me and wanted to release me because they found no cause for the death sentence. But when the Jewish leaders protested the decision to let him go, I felt it necessary to appeal to Caesar, even though I had no desire to press charges against my own people. Verse 20, I asked you to come here today so we could get acquainted and so I could explain to you that I am bound with this chain because I believe that the hope of Israel, the Messiah, has already come. He wanted them to know that he's already come. And they replied, we have no letters from Judea or any reports against you from anyone who has come here. But we want to hear what you believe for the only thing we know about this movement is that it is denounced everywhere. Have you ever heard such a prophetic scripture as that is for today? The thing that people know about this movement, this movement about Jesus Christ, the Messiah of the world, is that it's denounced. It has no value, no merit to the, to, to the world that should hear it. Oh, but to the faithful believer, to those that the message has been offered to, it is not taboo. It is received with love and grace and thanksgiving. Paul went on to say that, oh, the Holy Spirit was right when he wrote the scripture in Isaiah 6, 9 through 10, where it says that the message will be given to the people, but they cannot comprehend it. And in verse 28, Paul concludes this, chapter 28, verse 28. So I want you to know that this salvation from God has also been offered to the Gentiles and they will accept it. Paul was trying to put a, 
a visual in front of them. You have rejected it, Jewish leaders who think you know it all, who think it cannot come the way that scripture says that it will come. But you think you have the answer. You're gonna follow your own path to the detriment of your soul. But the Gentiles have received it they did not resist the message, and they have accepted God's love. God's love for mankind, we don't even have the slightest comprehension. He opened up the way for a people to the ends of the earth who could, who could hear and accept the gift that he was offering once and for all. The hope of Israel had already come and they missed it. But never fear, God has not forgotten Israel. Psalm 98.3 says these words, the Lord has remembered his promise to love and be faithful to Israel and the ends of the earth where all the rest of us are. <laughs> have seen the victory of God. And Luke 3 and 6 says, all the people, the Jews and the Gentiles, will see the salvation of God. I ask you, are you a thankful Gentile today? You know, the Bible describes a Gentile as anyone who is not Jewish. So it is not a derogatory thing to categorize either Jew or Gentile. You're either of Jewish descent and blood or you're not. And if you're not, you are a Gentile. And we need to be thankful that God included us, that he offered the gift to the ends of the earth where we were. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, we are a grateful people. We thank you, Father, that you had love for all mankind, that you extended your gift of the Messiah, the Savior, and the hope of Israel to the ends of the earth, that we may be we may be saved. We can accept this extension of the gift of salvation. And we do accept it, Lord, with gratitude and thanksgiving in our hearts. Lord, I pray for Israel once again. We do lift them up before you, Lord. We ask you to protect them, Lord. We ask that nothing stand in the way of your plan and the progress that you've made through that connection, Lord, that they may come to know that the hope of Israel has already come and his name is Jesus Christ. Father, I ask that you go with each and every one of us this week. Lord, that that protection rest upon us as well, O oh God, and that any that we see, Lord, we can be a light to them, whether Jew or Gentile, that the light of the Holy Spirit shines so brightly through us that they will know that the hope has already come and resides within us. Oh, we give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' precious name.